0: Enough, just in case it wasn't. Um, Happy Mother's Day! Can I see hands for the mamas in the in the room? (laughs) Behind every good man is a woman. If you want something uh, talked about, you ask a man. If you want something done, you ask a woman. Am I right? Um, I have two beautiful daughters. I think I have a photo of them. This is June Carter and Whiskey Girl, and um, it's funny because my friends who have children um, say, oh, well, you don't know what it's like to have a kid, and I said, well, sure. I have two one-year-olds. They eat a lot. They sleep a lot. They chew on things, and um, they're very needy, so in my mind, I think I do, and so there might be some ladies in here that it might be a hard day for you. Either you don't have kiddos, maybe you've lost a kiddo, or maybe you're unable to have them, and so just know if you have as well we call fur babies. You are a mama, and today should be celebrated, and your husband should still buy you a bouquet of roses, um, regardless, because you still take care of him, right? So um, we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get into it, because I only have a a couple minutes to share, and if you know me, you know I like to chat. So we're going to go ahead and pray over this message. Father God, I just thank you so much that we're here, God. I thank you for all the mamas in the room, all the women in general, God. I just thank you for their light and their love, and God, all of the their hard work and their tenacity and and just that they are blessings to us, Father God. May they feel loved and blessed and honored today, Father God. And may, may this message speak to both men and women, Father God. May they leave here truly feeling your love for them, God, and, and what you desire, God, at the end of the day from their heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, if you have met my family, you know that we're all pretty funny. Um, we love to tell jokes. We love to see people laugh. Um, everyone in my family is funny except my mom. She's never been funny. Um, it's it's a running joke in our family. She'll tell a joke and we'll say, oh, mom, you're so cute because <laughs> she's just not funny. I mean, my mom is great at a lot of things. She is an amazing cook. She is an amazing host. She is, her decorating is out of this world. She can tell stories like nobody's business, right? And, and growing up, she'd always sing me these songs and just would put me right to sleep. I mean, beautiful voice. She's caring and she cares more about other people than herself. And she, she seeks Christ and she, you know, uh, exemplifies Christ. She's just not funny. And um, it, it has been very Hard for her uh, to be in a family of this, you know, uh, because (laughs) because you know, I just it's it's hard to like you know not have that natural uh, ability to make people laugh, and so um, a great way to honor her today, right? Um, I'm gonna can I move this a little bit? Uh, Okay, but what's also interesting about our family is that we love affirmation, and we also love people's opinions. And wait, before I say that, I just want to let you know, we don't really love people's opinions. We love our family's opinion. And so we play, uh, so we don't need emails at the end of this. Tell me what you think of this. Uh, No, but we love, we love our family's opinions. And so we do this game and it's, it's might sound very odd to you, but to us, it's like totally normal. When my husband started dating me, I remember it was the first Christmas we were dating. And the next morning he was like, Wow, that was intense. Because we play this game called the Who Game. And the Who Game is, who do you think's needier, me or mom? Who do you think's more opinionated, Josh or Jeremy? You know, who's the favorite child, which by the way is always me. Um, And you can ask and they'll tell you I'm the favorite it just is what it is. So, but we play this game, we play the who game in our family and and when I thought about how we we judge during the who game of who this, who that, I thought about the book of Judges. And so today we're going to talk about the book of Judges and um, some of you might be saying I've never really gotten it, has anybody, and maybe you don't want to raise your hand, just been a little Intimidated by the by judges, maybe you open up and you're like, who the heck is E Hood? Like, where does he live? You know, and so maybe you, you haven't read it. Um, it is a little bit intimidating. I was a Civil War history major, which is amazing since I'm doing absolutely nothing with the degree my dad paid for. Um, <laughs> but. I love Judges. I love Judges for many reasons, because it is full of blood and guts and gore. And this Civil War major just eats it up. And so some of you mamas are thinking, why did you let her speak? I don't wanna know about blood and guts. I wanna know about fairy tales and dragons that fly me around like Khaleesi and things like that. Um, But believe me, today is for you because we're gonna talk about Deborah. And I love Deborah. I like Deborah a lot because I think she was a lot like me. Um, very feisty um, and had like the most supportive husband and today I just want to encourage you men because you heard the word Deborah. don't shut down on me okay because one you want a happy wife happy life am I right and two If I can learn something from what Moses did, you can learn something from what Deborah did, amen? So we are gonna go ahead and get into this. Um, I'm gonna set up Judges for those of you who haven't read it in a while or never read it. So there were 12 Judges, okay, out of all the book of Judges. And what? This is why they needed twelve, okay? Because much like us, the Israelites were serving God, and they're like, they're just like, yeah, Lord, you're awesome, hallelujah. And then, and then, before you know it, they're messed up, and they're following different idols, and they're just messing up. And so God's like, fine, take them. And then, you know, years go by, years go by. Oh, wait, Lord, we need you. We're so oppressed. We need you, Lord. And then he sends another judge. And do this 12 times. And I kind of thought about just a side note, how many times we have to call on the Lord and how many, if we had a physical judge in front of us, how many we'd have in our life. It's kind of interesting when you think about it. But so there was 12 judges and they kept repeating the cycle over and over. So we're going to pick up in Judges 4 if you have your Bible. And during this time, Jabin, the king of Canaan, had made life completely miserable for the Israelites. I mean, completely miserable. So they had sinned against God, and so God handed them over. And for 20 years, the people of Israel were oppressed. And it was so bad, you guys. It says it was so bad. They literally feared leaving their home. Could you imagine how hard that would be if you were a merchant or a farmer to make any money? If you literally feared for your life, they were under so much oppression, they they thought if I leave, I could literally get jumped and get killed. It was that bad. And so they, here we see Deborah enter in and we're gonna jump in to Judges 4, 1. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel did again evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan who resigned in Hazar. The commander of the army was Sisera, who dwelled in, let's just skip that. And this is why people don't like this book. Um, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and Jabin had 900 chariots of iron. For 20 years, he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of that guy, was judging Israel at the time. And she would sit under a, the palm tree of Deborah between Raham and Bethel in the mountains of uh, Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up for her judgment. So let me just let you know. So she was, um, while she was a judge, she wouldn't judge them harsh, like in a harsh way. She would, It would be like a Judge Judy, except a little more legit. And um, let me tell you what we know about Deborah. So we know Deborah was the fifth judge. The fifth judge, she was raised up by God to deliver his people from bondage due to their idolatry, okay? And her reputation as ruler was somewhat remarkable. She bestowed righteousness and justice and mercy among the people. And instead of being in a courtroom, she literally was under a palm tree, but her jurisdiction was literally the all of all of Israel was under her jurisdiction. So from the palm tree to the sanctuary of the palm, okay? So a very large jurisdiction. We also know that she was a wife and that she was called the mother of Israel. And while she was never said to have children, she was still considered to be the mother of Israel because spiritual motherhood was her virtue. Above all of her remarkable gifts, she was, tr- she was. her true trust was in God, which I think we can all amount, we can all kind of say that if our true trust, trust was in God, that is the highest adornment. We also know that Deborah was unique, and I'm going to tell you three reasons how Deborah was unique. First off, she was not a military leader at all. If you look through Judges and you read through Judges, they were all military leaders. She was not. Um, we also know that she was a prophet, she was a spokesman before the Lord, and she had the ability to, to discern the mind and purpose of God, and then declare it to others. And no other judge in the Bible, or no, there was no other prophet in the Bible, or in judges, other than Samuel. So Samuel and Deborah were the only two that God called a prophet. Lastly, she was the only woman God had appointed in the Bible, which is why I think it's so great for today. And the reason she was appointed as judge is because this was a time where men were doing right in the sight of themselves. And so there was no men to rise up. And so God said, okay, Deborah, I'm going to call you. And you know, guys, I think that there's a lot we can learn from Deborah today. I think that there's a lot, both as men and women, we can walk away and say, how can I be like that? Because there's days where I think, how can I be like Paul? How can I be like Peter? How can I be like Moses? And I think both men and women, we can walk away and say, how can we be like Deborah? So I'm going to give you three reasons today, three ways in order you can be a Deborah. So if I call Deborah today, I don't need a Deborah to stand up and and think I'm calling you out separately. I'm just calling the body of Christ today a Deborah, okay? Okay. In order to be a Deborah, you have got to be willing to have courage when called. In order to be a Deborah, you have to have courage when called, because let me tell you, this was a time where they were scared. Literally grown nine foot hairy men were scared to leave their home because they thought they would be jumped. It was that scary of a time. They were oppressed. I mean, they were like being kicked in the dirt and then Rosa, Deborah. You see the Lord called her into leadership in a very dark time and, and he called her and rose her up and encouraged because he knew that she would actually lead the people. And there's going to be a time in your life, you guys, where God is going to call you into leadership, each and every one of you. And you can say, well, Jen, I, I don't stand on the pulpit or I'm not a missionary or I don't know about that. But can you rise up into leadership in your job? Can you rise up into leadership to lead your children, to lead your wife? Because we're all called into some sort of leadership. You don't need to be on a pulpit to be a leader. And so um, I'm going to just encourage you for that today. But I know some of you might be like, you know, Jen, I'm going through a really hard time right now. I mean, it's it's dark. And and I feel like the Israelites. I feel like I am being kicked right and left each way. And I just cannot get out of this. And I'm about to say something that some of you might not like. I'm just pre-warning you. Sometimes bad times are good for us sometimes bad times are good for us because sometimes we need a little bit of shaking up in our life for God to show us what we need to see what we need to see and let me tell you um, it might not always be God sent might not always be God sent but it will always be God used whether God sent it or he did not send it, God will use it. And we need to remember that today when we're going through hard times. Um, we're going to go ahead and keep on getting in, into the scripture. Um, so we're going to keep keep on going if you have your Bible. Let's see here. Then Then she sent and called Barak the son the son, let's just say that, and said, he is not the Lord God of Israel, commanded, go and deploy the troops Mount Tabor, take them 10,000 men, the sons, uh, and the sons against you, and I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with the chariots, and multitude, uh, and multitude at the river, and I will command him into your hands, and Barak said, if you go with me, I'll go, but if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. All right. Let me just say something because some of us, I think as women, we're like, yeah, this great guy doesn't want to go without me. And then the men are like, what is this guy? Like he wants his mommy figure to go with him?" Um, this is how I interpret. This is just my interpretation of, of Barack. Barack knew Deborah was a prophet. He knew Deborah heard the voice of the Lord. So I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think that Barack was being a wimp here. I think what Barack was doing was he was being smart because he understood who he was about to go into battle with, had military training. They had weapons, they had chariots, they had tactics and plans, and, and they literally could destroy him. And Barack's like walking around saying like, okay, which, which farmer has a pitchfork? I mean, seriously, it was probably like that. And so I don't think he was being a wimp. I think he was just like, I know the Lord goes before Deborah, so I want you to go with me. He was being smart by putting a woman next to him that he knew God had spoken to because he wanted to win the victory. And I think every good commander will have someone on the side in tactics saying, I need you to help. Every good military leader will put someone in place that's smarter than him. And that's what he was doing. So I just don't want the men to think that Barak was, you know, a wimp today. All right. So then she said, "Surely I'll go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will send Sisera into the hands of a woman. By the way, the woman she is speaking about is not her. So we have two women in this this verse we're talking about today. Then Deborah rose and went with Barak. And Barak went up to the 10,000 men under the commander, and Deborah went with him. Now Herber, Heber, how would you like that name, of the children of Moab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kittites and pitched a tent nearby by the nearby tree where besides Kadesh. And they reported to Sisera, the Barak's son had gone up to the Mount of Tabar. So Sisera gathered them together and all the chariots, 900 chariots of iron and all the people who were with him. And this is where Deborah is like, it's go time, man. Like everyone's lined up. You can just imagine like my civil war major just goes, oh my gosh, they're all lined up and you're just like, charge, you know, you're just getting into it. And she goes up for this is the day which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone before you? So this is her saying, hey, I'm not going to go with you. I don't have like my pitchfork. God has already gone before you. And how many times do you walk into battle where God has already gone before you? And how many times do you think, well, I I need you to come with me? Why? God has already gone before you. If he has gone before you, you don't need anyone else to go. Who else other than God that should be going before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 of them. And the Lord routed Sisera and all the chariots of the army to the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alightened his chariots and fled from foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army, and all of the army fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. However, Sisera had fled on foot. Now let me just say this. What kind of commander lets his men go down and flee? I mean, General Patton never did that, am I right? And I mean, I don't know if anyone likes General Patton or if the ladies even know who General Patton is, but we love, it's one of my dad and I's favorite movies, Patton, and he never fled. So I'm thinking, what kind of guy is this? Just fleeing. Come on, right? So he flees, this guy, he's just running around. Anyway, he fled to the tent of J.L. Now, what, what man in here is cool if another man uh, flees to your, your wife's tent? Anybody? Okay, that's what I thought. I just thought this was really interesting that, that some woman let her, some man up in her tent. And JL went and met Sisera and said to him, turn aside my Lord, turn, I'm not using this by the way cause I can't read my mom's Bible. Um, it's too small, I got bad eyes. I might as well shut that. <laughs> and when he had turned aside and fled the tent she covered him with a blanket. So now you're like, what's about to go down JL girl? You covered him with the blanket, but just wait. And then he said to her, please give me water to drink for I'm thirsty. This is how I imagine him talking. After he fled, he probably talks like that. And she opened a jug of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said, stand in the door of the tent. If anyone comes and inquires you and says, is there a man there? You shall say no. Now this also bothers me that some man's up in my house telling me to guard the door. Just side note, side note. (laughs) (laughs) about About to get even with him. Then J.L., Herber's wife, took a tent peg and a hammer. Woo, girl, you about to get it. And went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple. Yeah. Woo! Let me just tell you something. Some of you might be saying, why did she have this? In, in those days, the woman set up the tent, just FYI. So she really knew how to use that hammer. That was part of her job, and that's why she was able to do it. So she drove it into his head. Woo! And then he died, obviously. And then Barak pursued Sisiel, and, sh- and uh, Jael came out to meet him and said, Come, I'll show you the man you seek. And when he went out to the tent, there lay, lay Sisera dead with the peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan. And I love this. I love that God did it because Jael was faithful, because she knew that, the, that God had gone before the Israelites already, and she knew what side to be on. She knew what side to be on. And today I'm going to encourage you, whose side are you on? Are you on the side where God goes before you? Are you on the popular side? Because sometimes they're very different. Okay, could you imagine this day? I just want to break this down because we did a lot of scripture verses and some of you might be. Whew, it's a lot, okay? All right, Barack literally probably was like, okay, I hope Deborah comes with me, because, like, if she doesn't come, I don't know if we're going to win. And then, and then they win, and then all of a sudden, I mean, Deborah was right again. She said, listen, you're not going to get the victory in this. There's going to be another lady. And J. L. literally was killing it, right? Literally was killing it. And, um, and so we see everything that Deborah said was true. Her prophecy was true. She handed it in, and so my second point today is in order to be a Deborah, you have to be able to empower your people. And we all have people, right? We either have a spouse, we have children, we have coworkers, we have um, friends. You all have people, and you can empower them all. In order to be a Deborah, you have to be able to empower your people. You see, without God rising up Deborah, the people would still probably be in oppression because she knew how to uplift Barack and send him into war. And the, day, the, the name Deborah literally means bee. So if you, if you, if some of you might know this, some of you might not, but if I have an aunt Debbie, and that's where that came from, Deborah means bee. And so, not just bee, but queen bee, okay? And some of us would love to say, ooh, I'm the queen bee, right, of our house. But let me tell you a little bit about bees. I didn't know much about bees. I'm scared of them. I've never been stung, so I just kind of like dodge them just in case I'm allergic. Um, But I'm I'm like legitimately scared of them. But I, I did some research, and it's really interesting what bees are about. So the queen bee is the only adult mated female that lives in the honey hive, She is called the mother of bees. Isn't it interesting? She's called the mother of bees and Deborah was called the mother of Israel. Interesting that that's her name. We also know that she's the only one that could have children and that the only one that leads the rest of the hive, which will follow her and fiercely protect her. A lot like Deborah. You see, much like the queen bee, Deborah went with her worker bees into battle. Because the queen bee sends in the worker bees when they go into battle. And so she went with them. And while she did not have a physical weapon with her, she still went to lead them. But she knew that the victory was not hers. She put the victory on her people. She put the empowerment on her people, on Barak. You see, the mother figure, Deborah, has the ability to awaken something within you, that inner drive that motivates you into action, motivates you into battle. It sounds like a lot like mama's, at least my mom. It sounds a lot like mama's. You see, God has given you, Deborah, the innate ability to call out that inner driving your children, that inner driving your spouse. And while you never have to go to physical battle, you know when to come forth when you're called. I'm going to say something. I want you guys to write this down. When you ladies come forth, your husband, men, the warrior that he is called to be is going to take action and then your family is going to come into alignment into where it needs to be. I'm going to say that again. When you come forth, your husband, the warrior that he is called to be is going to take action and your family is going to come into alignment where it needs to be. And my question today is, are you coming forth? Are you coming forth? Because your husband, ladies, is a warrior. Men, you are warriors. And you need mama to come on for us so you can go get it. And then your family comes into alignment with Christ. We finished the, um, the story in Judges 5, and this is a song. I thought about singing it, but I don't know. I think I'll just, I'll just say it to you. Well, I'll sing it like, when Deborah and Barak, you know, they probably sang it like that back then. When Deborah and Barak sang on that day, saying, when leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings. Give, here, here, O princes. I even I will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord, God of Israel. Then goes on to say in verse seven, village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, I Deborah arose, arose a mother of Israel. They chose new gods. Then there was a war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly to the people. Bless the Lord. And it ends the chapter. So, So the land had rest for 40 years. So because Deborah was faithful to rise up and then she knew to empower her people, they then literally had rest for 40 years. And so my third point is in order to be a Deborah, you've got to understand the Lord's purpose for your life. You have to understand the Lord's purpose for your life. God has given us all a purpose and some of us might know our purpose and we might be living it out. Some of us might feel really frustrated that we don't know and we're just going through our day-to-day routines and, and we don't really know. And maybe some of us know our purpose, but we're not living it out. But let me tell you the difference between Deborah. She did not just know her purpose. She understood her purpose. She understood it. You see, there's a difference. Deborah is like a queen bee when she was activating her warrior. So when the queen bee, this is true, when the queen bee wants to activate her warrior, she starts spinning like this, literally. And I'm not going to do it because I'm going to fall. But she just starts spinning and spinning and spinning, and that activates her warriors. She understood the spinning motion that was going to activate Barak and the men to go forth into battle. Some of you might feel like you don't understand your purpose or your destiny. But this is my question for you guys today. Are you just too comfortable in your life that it's keeping you out from understanding your purpose? Are you just too comfortable that you, you can't fully understand your purpose because you're too comfortable in your life? My husband is here with me, the 202 pounds, six foot two piece of man flesh he is, and every bit of amazing. and. Um, my mother-in-law was telling me when she was pregnant with him, um, he didn't wanna come out and she was gonna do a home birth, which I'm all about like, I haven't had a kid yet, but I'm, all, I'm gonna be like, put the tap in, you know? I just, I just, think, I, I just think I'm gonna, I just think i don't know. I just, I don't know if I'm gonna wanna do that, but she was all about it and she was, she was like, I was just sitting in my pool in Oklahoma, just like Brandon come out and he wouldn't come out and he wouldn't come out and wouldn't come out and 15 hours go by and he's still not out. And she's like, okay. And then, you know, my, fa- my father-in-law, who's like, you know, he's like, Joe, we got to go. We got to go to the hospital. And she's like, no, he'll come. And then it got to the point where she said it, it, it's called failed to progress. He just wouldn't come out. And it became dangerous for, hi- for her to keep waiting. And so they had to go to the hospital and do a C-section. And the doctor and Joe goes, I just really wanted a natural birth and, you know, and he goes, Jill, he's just too comfortable It's too warm and cozy in there. And my husband loves to be cozy. As soon as he gets home from work, he goes upstairs and puts on his comfies. That's what we call our PJs, right like at five o'clock. We have a really exciting life. Um, (laughs) But we just love to be comfortable. And as times, there are times as a parent where your kids are comfortable and you have to push them through tough situations. There are times that your spouse is comfortable and you have to push them through tough situations. And it's interesting because you can be pushing and pushing and pushing, and people are saying, they're not gonna make it. They're not gonna make it, it's too risky. Your family's not gonna make it. Your health's not gonna make it. Your finances, your marriage, no, it's not gonna make it. It's too hard. But let me tell you guys, that that's not true because it's deliverance time. Yes. Can I hear you say that? It's deliverance time. It's deliverance time. And the enemy wants everything he can do to be like, oh, don't you love just being cozy in front of the fire? Oh, you don't wanna go take that ministry job with the pay cut. That's what he's been telling me. Oh, you don't wanna be, you don't wanna be doing this. You don't wanna be doing that, you're comfy. You're comfy with your marriage being mediocre. You're comfy that your kid only comes to church on Mother's Day. I'm speaking to you kids that are here. And and he's telling you you're comfortable and you're believing those lies. But there comes a point where you will get fed up like the Israelites and say, no. Nope, I'm not comfortable. I'm pushing through. How many of you are going to push through today? Through all of the crud. I mean, seriously, like how, like how boring when you get to the end of your life and you're standing before the Lord. He's like, I'm really glad you were comfortable down there. Well done. Because I had a lot more. Push through, you guys. In Genesis 316, God says to Eve, You will bring forth children in pain. You see, women have the capability and the capacity to experience this God given strength to push out a child. We are birthers, we are carriers, we literally push out life. And I'm speaking to the women here real quick, man, if that's okay. And there are gonna be times where you think, This is what I think. Well, I don't have children. Or there might be some of you who say, well, I can't physically have children. Just because you don't physically have children does not mean you do not have that strength, ladies. And I just want to let you know that. That's my encouragement for Mother's Day. Now that menu you can listen. Okay? But you have that strength. Regardless if you have a child or not, you have that strength. And, and, and sometimes I just think if we, could, if we could come together, if we could rise up in the church like Deborah, rise up and come forth then we will understand our purpose of our life, and then we will walk in it. I'm going to say this again because I think it's so good. When you come forth, men, the warriors, the strong warriors that you are, will take action. And what lady doesn't like a warrior, men? If anything, be a warrior for your wife, okay? (laughs) When you do that your family comes into alignment so God wants to align your family to walk in your destiny to walk in your and your God fulfilled life and for you to understand to truly understand your purpose for life but in order to understand the purpose for your life and to empower your people you have to be have the courage to rise up and so today I want when you're at brunch and you're giving flowers I just want to encourage you guys to rise up rise to the occasion, encourage your family, encourage your friends, rise up when it's awkward and it's challenging and you just want to go home and put on your comfies, don't. Stay in that business suit and strut it, okay? Arise and go get it. Because what's the point in life and being comfortable forever? And then God being like, really, 90 years and you lifted your hand once at church? Do something uncomfortable, okay? We're gonna go ahead and pray real quick. I don't wanna get in trouble for going over. But if you could, if you're sitting next to a lady, whether you know or not, this might get uncomfortable. Uh, Just look at her and tell her, thank you for you. And if you're looking at another woman, say, aren't you glad that we're women? No. Let's go ahead and pray real quick. God, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the beautiful weather. I thank you for all the, the women in here. I thank you for all the, the warriors, the men that they are called to be, that they are gonna go to battle for our families. I pray ahead hedge of protection over the men, the warriors that they are, that they will fight fearlessly, that they will, they will fight without getting tired and weary, God, that they will be the men and the leaders God has called them to be. And I pray for the women that they will rise up today, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that they will rise up before their family that, that our families will align to your will because our warriors and us rising up are gonna go together, God, and we're gonna fight against the enemy. We're gonna fight about, fight over being comfortable and fight against all of the easiness of life that we're gonna do battle for you every single day, God. So when we get up there, God says, well done, good and faithful servant. I thank you so much for everything. I feel, I just pray that the women today feel loved and encouraged and have a ton of affirmation and feel All of your love, God, all of the love that you have given us as women and and that the men just shower them today, Father God. I thank you so much for what you're doing in this church. I thank you so much for what you're doing in each person here today, Father God. In the name of Jesus, amen.